It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 428 of Locked On Raptors for Monday, December 3rd. I am your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors. We can find links to every single episode. And of course, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams. We got Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We got Locked On Fantasy Football times two. We've got Locked on NBA, Locked on NFL, daily national shows with great national guests as well. It's uh, tons of stuff, a great time for the network right now. If you find a show that you like on the network that you want to support, please find it separately on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, all the places you get your podcasts. Leave a rating on the platforms that allow you to do so. And it uh, is very much appreciated. It's the best way to support all of the shows and uh, help keep us going, helps make us more visible, helps... Uh, boost our egos, all that good stuff. So thank you very much in advance for taking the small amount of time it requires to do that. I will be forever indebted to you if you decide to take that leap. All right, on today's show, this is actually going to be a shorter show than I hoped because uh, my voice is about to die. I was spent all last week hosting morning radio and then had uh, a million podcasts to do and then also had like McMaster basketball PA announcing job. And by the end of the week, my voice was frayed and toast and I also I was lacking sleep, so I'm kind of sick as well. And it's not a good concoction for the voice right now, so I'm going to kind of cut this one short. Uh, I was going to do a little recap of the Cavs game, but honestly, the Raptors beat the Cavs because the Cavs are bad, and Kawhi Leonard's very good, and it's one of those games where, yeah, maybe the Raptors had their ugliest win of the season. Ultimately, it doesn't... like. I, I kind of find solace in the fact that the Raptors, when they play poorly, can still win by 11. Let me just put it, maybe it's weird, maybe that's like an indication of my uh, devil-may-care attitude towards trying hard, I don't know, but the fact that the Raptors can win by 11 against Cleveland, yes, Cleveland was on the second end of the back-to-back, and Cleveland is very bad, but the fact that the Raptors could pull pull that win out without playing very well, without ever really putting the dagger into the hearts of the Cavs, and still just never really being threatened... That kind of tells me that the Raptors are doing just fine. Kyle Lowry obviously didn't play. Without him, it's a little bit more of a difficult road, obviously. Uh, ultimately, you can be concerned about the bench or the rotations or whatever you want, but um, they're, they're just fine. And I'm sorry to echo that. I would go deeper into it, but my voice is about to collapse into the sea. So, uh, I uh, yeah, not a bad game at all. It's fine. It's all good. And uh, we will move on to more interesting things this week, obviously. They have the Dender Nuggets on Monday night, uh, and that's what this podcast is about. Myself and Adam Mares, who is the host of Locked on Nuggets, a fantastic host on the network, by the way, and does a lot of great stuff. He was on Back to Back last week with uh, Dave Dufour and David Thorpe in a very, very smart podcast, if you want to check that one out. Um, Adam's great, and he came on and we chatted. We were supposed to go like 10 minutes. Eventually, we went like 20 minutes because... What the hell? Why not? Adam's very good at talking. I uh, am a windbag, so we ended up extending it out a little bit longer. Just to tee up tonight's game, talk about where the Nuggets are at, uh, just sort of how they've progressed this season, also how the Raptors have progressed this season. It's a good little crossover episode, so I hope you enjoyed that. And uh, that's going to be it for today's show. I'm not going to do any other things on top of it. It's about 20 minutes, so I know it's a shorter podcast. I apologize for that. We'll get back to longer episodes tomorrow. 
or whenever my voice decides to stop hurting me because this is agony right now. Uh, all right, let's uh, wrap things up there. Let me just remind you to check out the Locked On Podcast Network social feeds on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On NBA Net and at Locked On NFL Net. On Twitter, it's great. It's a great feed where all of the hosts from the network are condensed into one. All of their basketball or football related tweets are retweeted into this one account. And you don't have to go around and follow all of the different hosts. You don't have to follow me and get my, you know, stupid tweets about, I don't know, things that aren't basketball, if that's not what you're interested in, you can just follow this account, you'll get all the basketball tweets from all the hosts, all the football tweets from all the football hosts, and it's a great resource during games, during breaking news stuff, it's fantastic. And also on Instagram, if you follow those accounts, they are posting little snippets of each podcast, uh, all the big stories from around the league, and you can go click on the, the, the link in the bio and listen to the full podcast, or just get the little condensed takery that comes in the form of that little snippet of video. Locked on NFL Net and Locked on NBA Net on Twitter and Instagram. Check him out. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's get to now the conversation with myself and Adam Mares. He's going to intro it, and then we'll let it ride. It's a good chat, and the Raptors play the Nuggets on Saturday or Monday night. Monday night? Yeah, Monday night, and it's going to be a fun game. The Nuggets are really good. They're number three right now in net rating behind the Raptors and the Bucks, and it's uh, it should be a really fun game. I'm actually kind of nervous about this one for the Raptors. Got to say, the, the Nuggets kind of always have the Raptors number, and it's uh, it's kind of a matchup where there are kind of things as we talk about myself and Adam. There are things that go both ways to kind of you know hint an advantage for both the Raptors or the Nuggets in this one. We'll see how it goes. I'm not like holding my breath for a Raptors victory or anything like that, but we will uh, obviously revisit it tomorrow, and we'll chat about it on, on Tuesday's podcast. So enjoy the game. Enjoy the conversation here with myself and Adam Mares, and we will talk to you next time on Locked on Raptors. I'm going to go have some tea. All right, and now for the crossover portion of the show, I am joined by Sean Woodley of Locked on Raptors, Raptors HQ. Sean, how's it going? I'm pretty good, man. It's uh, it's an exciting time. Nuggets, Raptors, a battle of the second and third best teams by net rating in the NBA. Not sure I would have like expected that to be the case looking at this game on the schedule, but hey, here we are. Yeah, I didn't. I think Toronto. I was pretty high on coming into the year. I mean, were mm. you? I this team is. Kawhi Leonard's really, really good. Yeah, I, I was high on them. I like throughout the preseason. I started with like a pretty mild prediction of like 55 wins. And by the end of the preseason, I was like, what am I doing? Like, they're going to win 60 games. Like, they <laughs> yeah. won 59 last year and added Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard. And I, I love DeMar DeRozan, but like, Kawhi's just so much better. And it's, yeah, they're just, they're, they're as good and better than I thought they were going to be there. And even the thing is about the Raptors, too, that's kind of weird is that they're almost. Like, there are, like, a lot of glaring issues that have been cropping up in most games, yet it doesn't seem to matter. Like, they played the Cavs on Saturday and, like, kind of just bumbled their way through the game and ended up winning by 11 anyway, despite really yeah. only Kawhi playing well. So, like, they're not even being burned for the things they're doing poorly right now. It, it's a ridiculous team. I can't even really, like, fathom... Like, five, six years ago, if you told me a Raptors team was going to be this good, I would have said you're insane. And it's still, like... They've been good for five years, but this is just a new, a new, different level of good that we haven't even seen over the last five years here. So yeah, it's it's pretty wild. But the Nuggets too, like they're like just as good and exciting, and sort of I guess even in a more unexpected way. 
Yeah, they're they're good and doing great, but they're also like two games out of the seven seed in the West because <laughs> the West is so ridiculous. So yeah. it's, it's one of those things where I think Nuggets fans are all excited and, and riding the highs and lows, but we all know a two-game winning sh- losing streak like knocks them down several pegs. So that part of it sucks. But I did a bad thing the other day I want to ask you about. Yeah. When I was watching that awesome Warriors-Raptors game, I just happened to get on Twitter and search for Demar just because, just because, just because Kawhi was was playing so incredibly well. I Kawhi's had some big moments, but that was it, it's rare to see Kawhi in a duel, like a one on one duel. And there were yeah. moments there where it felt like a duel between him and KD. And I searched Demar, and there were just so many comments from Raptors fans saying. You know, oh, I love Demar. That's my dude. But man, this guy Kawhi. That like, was you know, that was. I think you're quoting my tweet. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it was wild. So I mean, is that is it kind of a weird feeling for for Raptors fans that Demar was your guy? Yeah. But but Kawhi's just way better. Yeah, and he still remains like our guy too, right? Like he like Demar is amazing, and he will never stop being loved by the city. And yes, like the. Departure is a little bit weird, and you know I think him and Masai Ujiri probably aren't going for dinner anytime soon. But there doesn't seem to be any sort of friction between him and the fan base, which is all that I really care about. Um, and yeah, it's just it's a, it was an icky trade, obviously for a bunch of different reasons. It was a little bit ghoulish, but also it was done in the interest of becoming much much better. And maybe Kawhi is like a little bit harder to root for at times than Demar, but then he does does that against Kevin Durant. And it's like, yeah, yeah okay, I can get on board. With, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm on board with this. This is fun. This is really good. And yeah, just like Demar was never gonna do something like that. He just wasn't capable of bringing himself to that level. Kawhi yeah. is, and damn it, man, it's it's really really fun to watch. So I'm looking at the schedule here for Raptors and mm-hmm. just kind of going through the wins and losses. They lost at Milwaukee. Kawhi wasn't playing. Giannis wasn't playing. That game almost doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, it does, but it doesn't. And then they lost three games in a row between November 12th and November 16th. What happened in that show? It was a while ago, so this is sort of like this is like not recent trends or anything, but mm-hmm. I'm just trying to figure out what happened in that that little stretch there? So they lost to the Pelicans, which was the first of those three losses. And that game was mostly a Drew Holiday playing out of his gourd. Um, like, he had an incredible so, game. He shut down Kyle Lowry. That was one of Kyle's worst games of the season, you know, even mm. to this point. Uh, and Anthony Davis had a really nice game, too. And it was just, you know, they, they couldn't really... The, the shot making by the Pelicans was ridiculous. The Raptors actually in that game, it's the only time this season they've busted out their like, I guess, sort of death lineup foil where they play Pascal Siakam at center with OG Ananobi, Kawhi, Danny Green, and Kyle Lowry. They busted that out for a few minutes at the end of that Pelicans game to try to get something going, and it looked like it was going to work, and the Pelicans offense could get nothing, but three or four straight possessions, it was either Drew Holiday or Etuan Moore bailing them out with like a 30-foot three in someone's eye at the buzzer. And it's like, well, what are you supposed to do? So they lost a really good shot making there. The next game was Detroit, and that was honestly just like Dwayne Casey bad juju. I think like that 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 loss was always happening. <laughs> just the, the oh, way that's right. the that way that all happened too. Game. You're right. Yeah. yeah, the way that all happened too. It was like okay, yeah, they're they're, they're losing this game too, uh, and it it wasn't exactly shocking. It came down to the end. Kawhi kicked it out, and then uh, Jose Calderon of all people set up the winning shot. But I think Reggie Bullock now, if, if I recall, it was him. Um, so there was a lot of like X Raptor, you know, stuff going yeah. through the air in the, at the arena that night. And then the Friday game was against the Celtics. They went to OT. Kyrie Irving had 41. You know, they were all pretty explainable losses. I think none of them were too glaring or or, or concerning. And they kind of just got back on the roll. And now they've won, I think, eight straight, which is uh, they have they're already this season they have win streaks of six, six, and eight. So they they are just like they're steamrolling teams. It's it's um it's hard to 
get it, they're really hard to talk about because there's not that much to nitpick and there are some things yeah. you can get upset about right like the bench has been pretty bad it's been you know tricky to sort of fit all these pieces together they've had some injuries as well that's kind of led to a lack of continuity with the bench and the bench guys aren't really being used correctly at this point by Nick Nurse, and maybe that's something that'll be adjusted. He seems like he's kind of trying some new things in terms of staggering Kawhi and Kyle in a way he hasn't in the past. Um, but it, it's a work in progress there. But even through all that stuff, they're still 20-4, and four, so it's like, how, how mad can you really get about right. that stuff? Um, with the Nuggets, my biggest question well, with hold them... On. I, I no, sorry, wanna, go ahead. I want to go here because even more recently, yeah, I man. just want to look at this. The Toronto Raptors, I don't know if Nuggets fans realize this, they have the second best offensive rating in the NBA right now, mm-hmm. but only behind the Milwaukee Bucks. And the second best overall net rating, no surprise, they have the best record there. But you look at their last couple of games, they just beat Cleveland, which is like a terrible team, and yeah. you can't take anything from that. But you go before that, Golden State, they score 131. Memphis, they score 122. Miami, 125. Washington, 125. Atlanta, 124. So you're talking about five straight games of 120 or more points that mm-hmm. they have scored, that's the type of team Denver's going up against. I think people think of Toronto as maybe a little bit more of a balanced, slow, grind out team, but Denver's going to have to score like 120 to win this game. Yeah, they. Uh, that's the thing, is the Raptors kind of project themselves as more of a sort of grinded out type of team like you said but they're like middle of the road in pace they're like 14th right now it's not like they're blowing teams away but they're not like slowing it down entirely um i just think it's their defense that kind of gives off it's like any sort of team that has like a really stout defense i think kind of gives off that sort of aura of being more of a grimy team right but the raptors just happen to turn their really good defense into insanely easy transition buckets and and that leads to those crazy high scores like they have they'll have these like swaths of games for like five or six minutes where they'll their defense will just be oppressive and they'll turn that into a 12-1 run or something like that they did that against the celtics early in the season they did that against the the sixers as well close games all the way and then you know they kind of lock in and it's like oh here's five turnovers in a row and the raptors are up by 10 and the game's over so that's kind of what they do and they'll strike pretty quickly to kind of put those points on the board the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So for Denver's sake, they are now on a five-game winning streak. They they started 9-1. and one. They went into a major, like, funk, I would say, where they just were playing really weird. Mm-hmm. There was some weird energy. They got out of that uh, even before the winning streak snapped. I think they started to get back uh, in the groove. But now they have won five straight, and there have been some great wins in there. At Minnesota, when, right shortly after the trade i think it was the first loss for minnesota since the uh the big trade so it was mm-hmm. sort of the momentum killer for that one uh orlando which turned out to be murdered orlando who turned out to be a pretty decent decent team at oklahoma city um they beat the lakers at home and in, in blowout fashion 32 point butt whooping and then they just won at portland where in a game they were up 20 points kind of blew it and you know, down the stretch to make it a close game, but that was another one where Denver looked, at least for large portions of the game, Denver looked really, really impressive. So I think this is a true clash of the Titans, two teams that are sort of at the top of their game and a meeting. Obviously, Denver is going, the weird thing about the schedule for Denver, they played in Denver, then they flew to Portland, and now they're flying to Toronto. That's about 
the middle of the country, the far west coast, and now the far east, northeast. That sounds not so it's awesome. A little bit of a yeah. weird schedule. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's one of those things where the schedule every now and then throws you these weird ones where you go, how did they schedule Portland, Toronto back to you know <laughs> consecutive games? But um, so Denver, I think looking really, really good coming into this game. Yeah. The, okay. So my question with with Denver, and this is maybe just like my untrained eye. I haven't watched the Nuggets every single night like you. I'll, I'll tune in because I mean they 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 have my boy, our local son Jamal Murray, and and they're a very exciting team, obviously. <laughs> but I'm not watching them as in depth. Why are they so good at defense? They're right now the number <laughs> three defense in the league. And, like, you look at the roster, and it's like, yeah, okay, maybe Nikola Jokic's, like, defensive deficiencies have kind of always been overstated. And, like, maybe, like, Gary Harris and Paul Millsap are just that good. But it's like, I don't know, like, Jamal Murray, I love him with all my heart. I don't really sort of view him as an excellent defender. They got Wancho Hernan Gomez playing at, like, the three at some times. Like, what's their secret to playing good defense? Because it does not make sense to me. I think there's a couple of things at play here. The first and most important thing is that this team just cares on defense. Right. And it's weird watching them. They're, the, the I think, the second youngest team in the NBA right now. Mm-hmm. And they, I, I just think they had to learn through heartbreak that, no, actually, you have to give defensive effort all the time or else you're going to get teams sneaking up on you and losing games you shouldn't. So their effort level, the bench, the starters, both just they're just so much more engaged in the game. The second part of this is you mentioned it already. I am sort of known around a certain type of basketball Twitter sphere as being the guy that had been, you know, screaming that Nikola Jokic does not suck on defense, as was the the norm, right? Everybody Mm -hmm. had those low-light clips, and Denver was a bad defensive team as a whole, so people looked at him and said, okay, it's his fault, he's the slow, fat, white dude. (laughs) And, 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 you know, he has certain deficiencies, no doubt, but I've always thought he was actually a very, very smart defender. Mm-hmm. And people are seeing that now. They're using him more aggressively. He's just he's being more impactful in part because he's trying harder, but the, the skill, in my opinion, was always there. But outside of the effort, the number one reason is because Paul Millsap has a Draymond Green-like effect on the defense. Mm-hmm. That guy is incredible to watch. And, you know, he's, he's an under-the-radar star because he's been in Utah and Atlanta, not exactly huge markets now in Denver, same thing overlooked markets but that guy is incredible in his ability to cover for everybody's mistakes on the uh, on that end of the floor he just anticipates where the ball is going and he beats everybody to the spot no matter you know he, he's like one of the best help side guys in all of the nba mm-hmm. and uh i think his mentality has rubbed, rubbed off on the team but when he is on the court he just elevates that that defense so much i'm extremely jazzed to watch the paul Millsap pascal siakam matchup it's kind of fascinating for raptors fans because for like three or four years there all, all raptors fans wanted to do was trade for paul Millsap. it's like when are they getting Millsap? what are they, it's gonna, when's it gonna happen is it this year is it next year like a raptor yeah but that and then that ended up sort of falling away when they got serge Ibaka. Um, but you know, ultimately, now Bach is playing center, and he's playing better than he has in like many, many years at this point. And Pascal Siakam has emerged as the four. Maybe that doesn't happen if they have Paul Millsap on the team. It's kind of fascinating, and I sure. wonder if pa- Paul Millsap is like the first guy in the entire league who's able to stop Pascal Siakam's spin move. It has not happened yet. I have not seen someone be able to guard it. If there's going to be someone to do it, it might be Paul Millsap. You know, I think Paul Millsap as an on-ball defender is really good, but mm. what makes him special is is that help, like I mentioned, that help side, that backside rotation, and just anticipating what's happening. So, yeah. you know, Siaka, I love Siaka. He's one of my. He last year he was one of my favorites. He was a guy I was kind of screaming 
about in fact Denver has a player named Jared Vanderbilt who came out of Kentucky mm-hmm. was one of the top recruits going into college but broke his foot and fell into the second round I compared him to Siakam coming into this year I just I think those guys have the same body type they're both they, they have like almost identical skill sets Siakam obviously has developed so I'm a I am a huge Siakam stan uh, you could say like I, <laughs> I think I was early in uh, an early adopter of him being a great player and then it's great to see him break out but I, I don't know that 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 will be an interesting matchup, especially if Siakam has another career high. Yeah. But um, I, I think that I don't know that that will necessarily be the story of the game. What do you think will be? I think Kyle Lowry probably has, a, a, and Jamal Murray. I think Denver, mm. you know, defensively, Denver has to get some stops. And and the one thing, as good as their defense has been, I think their biggest weakness now defensively is dribble penetration. Right. And when they go against guards that just are quick off the bounce with the ball in their hand. Denver just doesn't have any, but even Gary Harris, who's a very good defender, he struggles with that uh, in open space. And Jamal Murray, you mentioned, didn't think of him as a great defender. You can go ahead and say it. He's not. He's a bad defender. <laughs> he's only 21, and point guards have to learn more than anybody else. So he's, yeah. I, I cut him a lot of slack there. But um, Kyle Lowry is a guy that I think could go off in this game in a way that Denver could not recover from. So for me, it would be the point guard position and that dribble penetration. And then the second thing will be, can Denver just outscore them? Because I don't think Denver's going to hold uh, Toronto to 100, and, you know, 100 points or under 105. I think they're going to hold them at best to like 110, 115. Mm-hmm. And that means Denver's going to have to make a lot of shots. Yeah, that's fair. If I have a matchup that I'm kind of zoning in on, it's whoever the Raptors started center against Jokic because this is one of those ones, like the Raptors all season long have flip-flopped back and forth between Serge Ibaka and Jonas Valanciunas. Ibaka started most games just because most teams in the league have a center that calls for Ibaka to start as opposed to Jonas at this point. But this is one of those kind of in-between wishy-washy ones that I'm not really sure who they're going to go with or who they should go with even because, like, Jokic, you know, he'll hang around near the elbows, he'll shoot threes, like, he'll kind of roam all over the court just doing his Jokic thing. And that's, in theory, something that Serge Ibaka is more cut out to do. But because Jokic is such a good rebounder and just he's such a load, I wonder if maybe Valanciunas gets in there and that could lead to some other troubles with, like, spacing it out. I, I'm not into... Like, How is Toronto rebounding? Where do they run? I'm pulling it up right now. They, they're 12th, so yeah, they're okay. They're, Denver's 1st. Yeah. That, that's a that's a big strength for Denver, so I could see that becoming a concern. Yeah, anecdotally, like if they feel a lot worse than twelve, then I'm just, they're they're twenty six in defensive rebounding percentage. So yeah, that that makes a lot a lot more sense to me. They're very good on the offensive glass. Oh wow, not awesome yeah, defensively. Um, and yeah, it's just they go small a lot. And the thing about their defense is it's so good. I believe they have like the first or second best effective field goal percentage allowed in the entire league. So like they're not getting burned by a lot of those extra possessions, but it's not awesome, especially against a team like the Nuggets. That's as good on offense as they are and have enough guys that can finish and make you pay for those mistakes so I'm not like entirely confident about this matchup for the Raptors I gotta say like I've kind of just been in like the mode where I'm like picking the Raptors to win every game at this point but this one has me a little bit hung up both because <laughs> like the when you say that the Nuggets play very hard the Raptors if there's something they don't do all the time it's play very hard they kind of rest on their laurels of being awesome and they you know kind of pull out wins out of their butts sometimes without actually trying for more than 10 minutes a game that it feels like it might not fly against the Nuggets and also just like the matchup stuff Jokic is a load and I wonder if he's going to be a little bit too much kind of a bit too in between the Ibaka Valanciunas sort of spectrum for for that to really work for the Raptors so I'm like not super confident the Raptors are going to take this one 
Well, Nick Nurse is a lot smarter than I am, and so I know he doesn't need my advice. But if I were giving it, I think Ibaka is actually probably the more difficult matchup for a guy like Nikola Jokic, mm-hmm. just because he can create space that, you know, Jokic, the more he has to, like, close out on shooters and, yeah. and, and pick and pops and things like that is where he struggles. So that's where I would go. He's actually really good at defending the post. I think the, he, he can... I think the pluses would outweigh the negatives, especially if for whatever reason Toronto thought, oh, let's post Big big Val up and mm. try to draw fouls or whatever. I don't think that would work. They um, don't really do that much anymore anyway either. Like they've kind of yeah. totally made him a dive man as opposed to a, as a, as a post-up guy. But, yeah, it's a, that's that, a good that's point. That's a positive. That's yeah. a real big positive. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, I, I think Toronto wins this one comfortably. Okay. And I think a lot of it has to do with just Denver's schedule. They're crossing three time zones to play in Toronto. Yeah. Um, I, I do think the Raptors in a vacuum are just better than Denver, so Denver would have to play a little bit above themselves. And then, as I mentioned, that dribble penetration, I think I would I would probably pick up Lowry in, in, in fantasy if, if, <laughs> for the fantasy people out there. I just think this is the type of game where he can really excel and, and, and just get to his spots on the court and, and execute. This is assuming Lowry plays, of course. He sat out on Saturday uh, with a sore back, quote-unquote sore back. I mean, I kind of think that was more just uh, they're playing Cleveland and they just had that Warriors yeah, game and Lowry okay, played 44 yeah. minutes, so maybe he has a quote-unquote sore back, but... Uh, you know, keep keep an eye on it for sure because he has been dinged up a little bit. He's had he's like carried a limp sometimes throughout the season just because he doesn't know how to not take a charge in a twenty point game, but he'll do it anyway. Like it's uh, so he he's <laughs> yeah. liable to get hurt at sometimes at some point. So maybe protecting him from himself is not the worst idea, but I don't think that'll happen. I think he will play, and uh, I'm super pumped for this one, man. This should be a really fun game. Last question for you. What do you think the league would do if there was a Raptors-Nuggets finals, NBA finals? I mean, first of all, I think ratings might, <laughs> might struggle a little bit. I don't know if that's the one the league is rooting for, but um, you know what? You and I will be happy. Oh, that would be. I would be totally stoked, A, because it's not the Warriors in the finals. It's something horrible has gone wrong <laughs> over there. And B, yeah, like that would just be a fun troll of all like the people. Like Darren Ravel would really hate that finals, I think. <laughs> he would be so mad. Um, yeah. Considering that Canadian ratings don't count at all for the American sort of TV rating system or whatever it is, I don't really get it. But that's why Canada, like the Raptors don't play on Christmas or anything like that because their ratings don't matter because us Canada, us Canadians are, are useless to you guys. But um, the like the I guess the only way that that finals gets saved if it's a if it's Raptors Warriors like that's the only way a Raptors final is okay ratings wise. I think if yeah, it's Raptors yeah. Nuggets. They're probably not doing so hot, but like I don't know. Maybe this is the chance for the NHL to come. Maybe this is a big long game for the Raptors to help the hey. NHL as well. Maybe their ratings become better during the Raptors Nuggets final. I don't know. I don't know. It, it could happen, I suppose. <laughs> there you go. Well, it should be a fun matchup. Uh, if you want to get more of a preview for this game and just kind of get a general sense of where the Raptors are, you can check out Locked On Raptors, part of this network. Um, and if you Raptors fans listening want to get uh, an idea on some recent trends for Denver, you can check out Locked On Nuggets. Sean, good luck to you and your team, and and thanks for coming on the show. Of course, man. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.